And good Saturday morning, and welcome into a busy outdoor show this morning. Got a lot to talk about. We've got some news on the Louisiana Ducks, which is not so good. Also, the Alabama Deer, not so bad. We'll give you those reports. Uh, also, in Bayou Wild TV News, this week we recorded an excellent speckle belly and snow goose hunting gate on with Hayden Richard, the new and current world champion duck caller from Louisiana, operates Southern Parish Outdoors. We'll have some details about that. And by the way, we're also adding some new channels and system to make the, the new season eight episodes available to more of you viewers. We'll get to much more of that later on. A new episode that we're going to be recording this coming week is a Blast and Cast feature with Miss Julia Williams, Miss Louisiana. We'll be doing that at Hackberry Rod and Gun. We'll kind of get a preview of what to expect. We'll talk to Captain Kirk Stansel just a little bit later on this morning and get a full fishing and hunting report on the Lake Calcasieu Big Lake area. Another story that really hadn't got a whole lot of attention but is starting to now, there was a massive diesel spill on uh, Bayou Sauvage area, and that's the National Wildlife Refuge. It was in the Mr. Go area, and there's some cleanup going on, and there's been some wildlife rescue and a lot of damage to some fish and wildlife there. We'll kind of have the rundown on that situation for you. And there's more bad news if we haven't had enough. Um, the duck report is in, as I mentioned, the flyover, and that's not looking good. But there's also a report saying that we have experienced almost $600 million in storms damage to our fisheries in Louisiana. And, of course, reconstruction and restoration is well underway. We'll have some more updates on that for you. Also got reports coming in from professionals, fishermen, and marina operators. Also, we welcome the reports from you, our audience, your comments, your questions, your own personal fishing and hunting reports. We welcome those at 504-260-1870. comes directly in here to the studio. And while we are in what a lot of people consider the prime white-tailed deer season, it's really yet to come in neighboring state of Alabama. They have that late rut, but many other areas in Louisiana and Mississippi, the deer are moving. What is your preference for hunting deer? Do you hunt early morning or do you hunt late afternoon? And please, if your favorite hours are midnight to 3 a.m., please don't text me that. 504-260-1870. Looking at the weather picture, well, we got a window of opportunity this morning. We're going to probably get up to around 70 degrees for the high along the Gulf Coast today. But we won't see that for a while. The lows will be going into the high 30s as a frontal system, uh, possibly some storms moving in. There's even rumors of possibility of some snowflakes and tomorrow those winds will be out of the north northeast as the front comes through uh, giving us much more of a typical winter look so there it is it's set we got a lot of folks to talk to and a lot of things to talk about and we'll be right back to do that first up is going to be robbie campo down at shell beach at campos marina he starts us off every saturday morning we do it each and every week five to seven a.m it's the outdoors with don dubuque radio network well, if you got a chance to get out and fish this week, uh, we had some chilly starts in the morning, but, boy, some pretty blue skies and uh, some pretty mild weather in the middle of the day, and a lot of folks were getting out there. We'll find out what they did down in St. Bernard. Robbie Campos at Campos Marine in Shell Beach. Robbie, tell us what happened this week fishing-wise. Well, Don, uh, you know, it wasn't all that bad. Um, we had a few people out, not as many as I would like to have, but, uh, we had a few people out uh, fishing this week, and, um, you know, they, they caught a few trout up the ship channel where the Great Wall of St. Bernard 
makes that turn and goes towards uh, Shelmet. Uh, behind uh, a little town of a red back there. They caught some They caught some fish up that way, it was speckled trout. They caught some up in St. Malo Bayou, uh, around Bayou Mussolini. Um, you know, uh, back up in Stump Lagoon, had a guy went back there, caught a, picked up a few back there, picked up a few behind the dam, um, uh, you know, and they caught those on the, on the shrimp krill matrix shads. Um, that's, that's what they used back behind the dam. Um, you know, uh, the sheephead thing is going on at the Long Rocks. If you wanted, if you wanted to go do that, they stacked up out there. It's just been a, you know, it, it's been a okay week for fishing, but not great. But hey, the people that did get out um, did catch some fish. Um, I want to mention that you know, if you if you uh, if you want to fish this time of the year, generally when it gets colder, and you want to go do this uh, this blue cat thing man they are stacked up any one of those bayous with a deep hole in it by sue grandy sue by biloxi um coming all the way back down to you know st milo bayou and one of those deep turns the Lutz canal i don't require much it ain't rocket science I personally never have done it but from what i hear it's pretty easy to do jig head with a piece of dead shrimp on the bottom and you could fill the boat up um, I don't believe there's any limit or any size limit on uh, maybe 12 inches, I believe, on catfish if you got to sell. <laughs> I think you could go down and fill the boat up, Don. Um, I had several people do that this week because uh, it was easy. It was, you know, it was right there, and they went, they went in those bayous and just sat in one of those deep turns and fished them on the bottom and just wore them out, man. Um, still catching a few bass up in here when the water's low. They're pulling out of those drains. Um, those guys are guys is fishing those bass right up on the edge of the channel doing pretty good so um we have live shrimp again which makes things a little gonna make things a little bit easier um <clears throat> so if you're coming down this morning hey man hook the left at the bridge come on down and see us down here we're gonna get you in the water and we'll get you going and uh you look like you got a window to about maybe maybe noonish or so to get to get it done so uh we got some duck hunters fired up the little mud motors back there. I hear them in the parking lot, so they're getting ready to go. They hadn't been doing all that great with ducks, but, um, you know, <laughs> that's all over the country. I mean, that's just not here. It's From what I, uh, people I've talked to in Arkansas and, you know, and all over, it's just been, it's been a rough year for everybody. Uh, so, but nevertheless, uh, come on down. We're here, and come on down and see us. Robbie, before you go, we're kind of doing an unofficial survey on deer hunters. Do you prefer hunting mornings or evenings? I know you you hunt all day, but if you had to only pick one, would you prefer to hunt a morning hunt or an evening hunt? Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna go with morning hunt. Um, I, I I like the mornings. Uh, I you know I love them both. Don't get me wrong, but I would say you know I've seen. It's kind of fifty-fifty, Don. But I love I love a morning hunt, man. It's just you know, you know, I get up early anyway. So if I'm if I'm going to get up early, I want to go sit in the tree. If I'm there, I'm going, you know, climb up thirty-five feet. I, I like to get real, real high and and just get it done, you know, and sit there in the morning. But I, I would rather I would rather a morning hunt. But speaking of that, I got one of our customers. Uh, she's she's from the Denham Springs area, Miss. Miss Kelsey Watts, 
be careful this morning, girl, when you're up there in that tree because she's going hunting this morning. I get a big one, girl. So she listens to us every every Saturday morning. So uh, she's going to be deer hunting this morning. Just be careful. So, But anyway, I want a morning hunt. I'm going with morning hunt. I got you. Well, good luck to Kelsey. And, you know, the thing, uh, the good thing about morning hunt, if you, if you do need to do some tracking, you got all those hours of daylight following it. But the downside I find in a morning hunt is a lot of times those deer have been in the feeders and in your area all night. So when you walk in, you bust them out of there. Where in the evening, you're there first and they come in to you. So each has its own. But uh, I'm with you. If I had to make a choice, I'm a, I'm a morning hunter. Yeah, I would say, say Don, you know, I'm, you know, and, and I look, I've killed many, many deer in my time. So, and it's probably split in half. You know what I mean? So, and half the bucks that I got on my wall were in the morning, and half of them in the evening. So, you know, it's 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 kind of fifty fifty. But I I don't like tracking things at night. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Gotcha. Okay, Robbie, thank you, buddy. Let's uh, let's hope let's keep that window open until about noon. Let some fishermen get out, and then uh, we'll let this thing get in and get started next week. Thanks again for the report. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye bye. All righty, Campos Marina. Yes, they have live shrimp. All right, coming back after this, uh, going to talk about the duck crisis in Louisiana continuing. There is a little bit of bright news. And also, uh, it's not quite so bad, you Alabama deer hunters. A lot of people panicked, and the director of the Alabama Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Division had some comments about that. He says, please don't panic. We got this CWD under control. We'll be back with those stories and more fishing reports, the stuff you and I love to talk about. Every Saturday morning, we do it 5 to 7 on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Thank you for the Coming in, we'll get to some of those in just a minute. I uh, did want to talk to the duck hunters before they get out in uh, on the water early this morning, uh, trying to get out there before sunrise. Uh, the Wildlife and Fisheries did their flyover for January this week, and the estimate of 2.1 million ducks in the coastal region and Catahoula Lake, uh, some good news, 43% increase over December, which had 1.4 million, and it's a slight increase, 4% from January's last year, 2 million estimate. However, this is a decline from the most recent 5-year and 10-year January average. And this is key. It is 28% below the long-term average. Long-term meaning 1978 to 2021, which averages 2.9 million. Uh, Most of the increase, and this is kind of unfortunate (laughs) from December, is from SCOP or DOGRI. Uh, which increased, I mean, a huge number. We had 37,000 in that region. It jumped up to 441,000 in just a few weeks. There was also a large increase in ringneck duck, went up from 178 to 333,000. And, of course, green-winged teal, which are kind of a late-migrating teal species, went to 268,000. Now, you're really choice birds like the gadwall, the mallard, the widgeon, Pintail, all that has declined from the December estimates, and current estimates represent the lowest January count on record for these species. Did you hear that? On record forever since they've been counting the birds, it is the lowest estimate in January in Louisiana ever recorded. And uh, something is up. We've got plenty of woodcock this year. Uh, I made a great uh, speckle belly goose hunt. We've got geese in the state. Uh, the, the, the hard offshore, the uh, diving ducks like dogri and redhead, those are, are, have come down. So you can't blame it all on weather. And 
We have a program planned for you, Duck Hunters. I hope you'll all will tune in. It's going to be in early February after the duck season closes, and it'll be our Ducks in Crisis show, and we'll be talking about some of the causes and some of the possible remedies to, to turn that around and get Louisiana and some of the other Gulf Coast states back on track as far as premier states to hunt waterfowl. All right, taking a look at our text messages, uh, got Justin in the Gentilly Refuge. Justin does a good job of keeping an eye on the wildlife in that urban refuge we call Gentilly. Uh, he said, the birdie photograph last week was not a whooping crane. It might have been a large white heron. I sent you pictures of it. I got your pictures, Justin. You're absolutely correct. It is not a whooping crane. Uh, it does not have the red and black on the bill and head, and it's not the size of a whooping crane, but it is a very large bird. I'm thinking, and the picture was at a distance, but I'm thinking it might have been what's called a greater egret. Uh, there's regular, you know, egrets, the cattle egrets that you see, little white birds, but there are also some much larger ones, and I think that that's maybe what it is, but it's a little hard to tell from the picture. But thanks for sending it. Uh, the backstrap stacker checking in from Clark County, Alabama. We got a few bucks trailing the does, and some does still have their fawn in tow. I think we've got another week before the rut really starts kicking in. Favorite time to hunt depends on the rut. When the rut is full on, any time of day is good. I agree with you on that, uh, particularly those full moon dates like we got now, too, with the rut going on. Uh, midday can be very, very effective. But he says otherwise, uh, afternoon is the best. And, yeah, you're pro- it's right on time. I would say another week, a uh, few more days uh, that rut will be full on in Alabama. And speaking of Alabama, after we come back from the next break, I'm going to share with you some comments from the director of Alabama Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Division, Chuck Sykes. Uh, so evidently some people, you know, this started, I remember when chronic wasting disease was first identified, uh, people were panicking. They said states were hiring sharpshooters to go out at night, and they had to eradicate all the deer, kill as many as they possibly could. Uh, there's not a, no truth to that. There's a lot of stuff out there on social media, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and some of these things. You, you cannot believe all of that. But we've got the straight story, and I'll have that for you coming up pretty soon. Also got a text in from Cliff Allman. He's taking 9-year-old Cassie Allman deer hunting this morning, and he's hoping to get her on a last weekend buck before the season closes. And I'm going to wish you luck, Cassie. Hope you get that buck. Also, we have our buddy Roland Cortez, uh, duck and goose hunting guide. He's uh, taking some duck hunters out of Dave's Bayou in Mangum, Louisiana. And I know Roland, I've seen some of his photos. He's enjoyed a pretty good season this year. All right, here we got a, this is Deacle Farms. Listen to you loud and clear as we head to the Ocean Springs Farmer's Market out of Grand Bay, Alabama. After the market, we're headed up to a hunting lodge in Camden, Alabama, where this week should be the first week of the rut. Yeah, we hope so. And hoping everyone has a great day. Come see them Saturdays at the Ocean Springs Farmer's Market, 9 to 1 in downtown Ocean Springs. Next time I pass by that way on a Saturday, I'm going to try to drop in there and visit with you guys. Uh, Ed Ed Miller from Wilmer, Alabama. He says the morning hunt for the reason he does not like tracking at night. Yeah, I can can understand that, Ed, a lot of us. Uh, Here's one says, "I, I prefer mornings, but I've never been deer hunting. Good morning. Uh, here we go. Don hunted in Quitman with Buddy Pat. Killed two eight points. Congratulations to him. I saw some long beards. For those of you not familiar with that term, that is a wild turkey. That would impress you. It's been good hunting in the evening. I've seen more deer moving with that moon. Good show. That's Big Mike in beautiful, historic Bayou Liberty. 
All right, we got some more text messages coming in. We'll get to those. Asking you this question, you prefer a morning or an evening deer hunt if you had a choice. Also have the comments from the director of Alabama Wildlife and Fisheries on the CWD. We announced that it was discovered the first case in Alabama. What does that mean for Alabama's deer herd and hunters? Well, we'll be back to tell you right after this. Well, you're listening to The Outdoors with Tom DeBute, Radio Network. All right, our text into the studio line is 504-260-1870. We have a good morning from a duck blind in Pearl River, WMA. Good luck to whoever that listener is. And we also have Mike in Myrtle Grove saying, you mentioned coastal fisheries damage from Ida, but the residents of Susie Bayou Deer Range have been fighting a canal dredging problem since Hurricane Isaac in 2008. This is Plaquemine Parish government at its best. Monies has been appropriated since 2012. That's nine-plus years and still nothing. I would say you might need to get maybe one of your federal representatives involved in looking into that. Got to be some reason if the money's been appropriated why the work hadn't been done. Uh, Here's one that I remember when Leeville, Louisiana, was full of ducks not long ago. The only birds that are flying, egrets and seagulls. Yeah, Leeville at one time. I uh, had quite a good population, especially gradual, gray ducks. But uh, deterioration of that marsh and saltier conditions and more open waters has turned all that around. All right, we're going to pause 10 seconds for a station ID and come back. We'll talk about that uh, CWD discovery in white-tailed deer in Alabama and what that might mean and why people are kind of getting uh, overreacting about it. Well, they're panicking. We'll tell you more about that. But first, we'll let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Uh, we in the uh, United States have been dealing with chronic wasting disease in uh, cervids, which is white-tailed deer and other hoofed animals, for quite some time. If you're not familiar with it, you probably are. It's called by what is known It's caused by a prion which is uh, kind of a, a, vac- a, a virus that attacks the brain and spinal cord, and it causes the animal to basically waste away. That's where the name comes in. They lose weight. They get disoriented and eventually die. There is no cure for it, and there is no test other than you have to examine the brain and spinal cord, which requires the animal to be dead. Well, it has uh, finally been discovered in Alabama. It's been in Texas for a while. It's been in Arkansas. It's been in, in Mississippi on a limited basis. Uh, Alabama, kind of like Louisiana, figured, well, it's coming. It's not if. It's going to be when, and I feel the same way, although we're still clean here in Louisiana, but it's finally been discovered in Alabama in the northernmost part of the state near the Tennessee border. And uh, there was a lot of reaction when this news broke last week, and Chuck Sykes uh, director of Alabama Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Division is trying to calm people down and telling concerned hunters and citizens not to overreact. And here's what he said. He said, people don't need to panic. We've been preparing for this. We're taking the good, bad, and the ugly on how other states have handled CWD, and we're doing what we feel is best for the resources of Alabama. There's been some information and misinformation on social media We're not trying to starve people by killing all the deer. We're not trying to eradicate the deer. We need to know if it's one deer with CWD or if they're 10 or 100. And the best way to do that is for hunters to bring the samples. If people continue to do what we've asked them to do, like not moving the whole carcasses or the high-risk body parts, which is spinal cord, backbone, and brain, As long as they don't artificially move it, natural progression of the disease is slow. The CDC recommends that before consuming a deer from a CWD hot zone, the hunter should have it tested. 
if you harvest a deer, have it processed, have it tested, and react accordingly. And to find out where to bring it, how to get it tested, and more about the disease, if you go to outdooralabama.com slash cwd-faqs, you'll find out a lot more information on preventative measures for the hunters, uh, how to properly dispose of the carcasses, and a lot of other questions. But the main thing, the message they're trying to get across is do not panic. The rumors about going out at night and eradicating huge populations of white-tailed deer is not true. And, again, it's a very small area at this point where it's been detected, and hopefully it can be contained. Uh, some other news, uh, new license requirements are going to be coming out for 2022. You don't have to worry about this right now, but one of the biggest changes, and you might recall we had some representatives from Wildlife and Fisheries on as they were negotiating and trying to get it passed through legislature, and they finally did. Uh, beginning on July 1st, the young hunters, 17 and younger, will have to have a youth hunting license, uh, whether they hunt with a rifle or a bow. Uh, they're going to have to be licensed. It's only $5, and that was the result of that new license fee law that was enacted in 2021 by the state legislature. Uh, the youth will get deer, turkey, turkey tags. Um, also, if they're going to be trapping, and if they want to become eligible to hunt in the youth hunts, the lottery hunts, uh, they'll also have to have a license. Now, fishermen, no, not yet at this point. Uh, they will not need to get a fishing license if they're 17 and younger but hunters will actually it's 16 and younger on the fishing license all right so that's some news for you and i got some more news coming up in a little bit but right now we're going to take a quick break we come back we're going to get a fishing report from uh, down in the buris area down in plaquemines parish mitz jurisic at delta marina find out what's happening down there in his neck of the woods we'll do that right after we pause these three minutes for an outdoors with don dubuque radio network commercial break well, it looks like the uh, latest estimate on the damages from uh, Hurricanes Laura, Delta, Zeta, and Ida was uh, close to $600 million to the fisheries infrastructures, resources, and that's from a study, the latest study from LSU Sea Grant and Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Many of our marinas and uh, resources, infrastructure areas, or piers and launches are still damaged. But one that has come through and is fully operational, ready for you to go, is the Delta Marina in Plaquemines Parish. And uh, Mitch Jurisis joins us now to give us a little bit of a fishing report and some other info from that area. Hey, Mitch, how you doing this morning? Doing great, Don. How about yourself? I can't complain. Let me ask you this. We're taking a, a, an unofficial survey from deer hunters this morning. If they prefer morning hunts or evening hunts, and I know you love your deer hunting, which one do you prefer? Man, I'm mixed, Don. You know, it depends on how cold it is. These next couple of days, I think I'll enjoy my evening hunts a little more than these early morning hunts. Uh, but I tell you, I got about a 50-50 uh, 50-50 feeling on that. You know, it depends on the rut and what's happening. Uh, but we usually, you know, if I had to put my my estimated kills, I'd probably have to equal them out. You know, I've killed probably as many good deer in the mornings as I have in the, in the afternoons. So yeah, I, I think you. I'm going to have to be split on that one, you know. just depends yeah. on the cold weather. I'm, I've got a little old now, and, and it's tough to get out there when it's <laughs> below 30 degrees in the morning and the wind's blowing. I mean, I sometimes I let the sun come up a little bit because I think the deer do the same thing. You know, they don't. They don't move all that great when it's really, really cold early in the morning. At least that's what I tell myself, you know. I try to convince myself. <laughs> gotcha. 
Well, Mitch, how's the fishing been this week? It looks like we got a little wind of opportunity this morning, then we're going to have a little blow come through overnight, and then, you know, we'll be back into that pattern again next week. But what, what happened up until this point, and what do you think is going to happen this morning? Actually, the fishing has been really good these last couple of days. We've had, uh, you know, quite a good bit of fishermen coming out and fishing. The trout, it's just amazing that the speckled trout are still in some of their you know, spring and summer holes, you know, hanging right on the edges of those ledges. Uh, yesterday I had some people, uh, you know, went yesterday afternoon and fished a couple hours and came in with big smiles on their face that they did really good. Uh, I think the bite's going to be on again this morning, you know, before this weather comes up. It's really looking, it's been, it's been phenomenal. And the size of these fish they're catching is unreal. You know, we're seeing a lot of two-pound trout come in from around the old camp structures and stuff. You know, there's not many camps left, very, barely any camps, but there is a lot of pollens and structure around where those camps were, and that's where they seem to be stacked up, you know, as the water's warm during the day. Uh, you know, we've had a really good supply of live bait. In fact, we're loaded up with live shrimp this morning. Our bait boats have been doing a really great job of keeping us well stocked and Shrimp are really nice too. I mean, they're they're running they're they're, they're edible size shrimp. If you don't catch any fish, you can take your shrimp home and see. I knock them on the head to kill them because they're so big. But, uh, but that's it's always really good, good backup. You know? That's always good uh-huh. backup. You can always eat your bait if you don't catch fish. Um, <laughs> what would you say has been the tactic? Uh, are they fishing mostly with popping corks in the shallows? Are they uh, putting it on the bottom on a sliding sinker? What's been the, the method? Both, both. Some of them are doing the Carolina rig, fishing, you know, around those old camp structures. And then, believe it or not, you know, some of these other ones are still catching them under the popping corks. They're still kind of schooled up. It's, it's, it's been a, a great, you know, great fall and, and, and winter for these fish. I mean, I thought by now people would be having to hit those deep holes by Yellow Cotton Bay and all of that area. But they're just leaving right out the marine and coming back two hours later fishing fishing with the nice side of the marina you know it's it's been wonderful i mean i'm glad for them and you know we've already sold a good bit of live shrimp this morning so everybody's giving it that last ditch effort before this blow comes because we know what happens i mean even though even though it's blustery and windy it's unfishable but as soon as that wind lays down and and the weather gets nice again the waters get really good i expect they'll be right back out there you know catching a Catching a handful more, you know, and, and hopefully it lasts through the winter, you know. Give them a good good opportunity and just get the right weather in. Uh, but if you're not going to go fishing the next couple of days, our duck hunt's been phenomenal down here. I don't know if you've been down yet much, but, but it's really been good. The duck hunters are having really good reports. You know, they're, they're doing well, getting their limits pretty quick. Yeah, the last few days I got several reports uh, from from where you are down south to the mouth of the river. Some of the areas not quite so lucky at all, but uh, that little last front that came in and this new one that's coming in tonight should even bring more ducks in there. Uh, Mitch, you got cabins, you got launch, you got bait, you got a store, but a lot of people don't they forget you have the Ponderosa Restaurant, which has got some of the finest cuisine in Plaquemines Parish. What do you guys got on the menu today? Well, we got a. Uh... We got our oysters, of course, and right now, if anybody knows about oysters, they're as good as they're going to get. We got a, probably a, a month, month and a half window of having these oysters as fat and salty as they can be. They're really delicious right now. In fact, it's hard for me to stop eating them myself. You know, uh, they really have, they really at the at their peak, and uh, and that's a good thing. We uh, we actually served raw reds this week. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with shrimp called raw reds. I was able to get my hands on some. 
and we had that was one of our special steamed raw reds, and and they went over really well for people who understand what kind of shrimp it is between a lobster and shrimp texture. Uh, we're mm-hmm. gonna start off. We we'll start with ball crawfish. Hopefully next week, and of course all our other stuff. Our crab cake, crab cake pastas probably top of the list. You know, we're still fortunate enough to have some soft shell crabs on hand. Uh, anything, you know, pretty much anything you want, we pretty much have, and it's all been good. And, you know, business has been a little slow since the holidays, but we expect that. But we still got our loyal customers that come and, and want to eat those charbroil, raw oysters, and, and the rest of our rest of our good food. So, you know, we're, we're looking forward to this upcoming spring. We really see some good things ahead. We've got some positive attitudes, a couple of tournaments headed our way, have another kayak tournament somewhere around mid-March that's going to kick off our season. And we have our old church, our, our hometown church, St. Anne Church right here in Empire. We'll be celebrating the 100th year anniversary of that church on March 5th. So we have a big crowd expected to come in that that weekend for that event, uh, it's going to be a really good event for our little town because it'll bring back a lot of our a lot of our people, like a big empire reunion. It's going to be really looking forward to that, and it's going to you know people will be coming to coming out to to see us. We're going to host a little reception at the marina and the restaurant and everything, but I think it's going to be a lot bigger than we expected. So we're looking forward to that because it's something to bring the community back together for a day. And when people get to come back home, even if it's for a few hours, they really enjoy it. We're going to do our best to make it the most enjoyable time for them. Well, well, remind us again when that comes up so we can, we can make a mention of that. Cause that's very special at St. Anne's. There's no doubt about it. Been there over a hundred years. Mitch, thanks for the report, my friend. Keep uh, passing out the bait and uh, serving the good food at the restaurant. And we hope to see you soon. Will do, Don. Thank you very much. You have a great day. All righty. Mitch Jurisic at Delta Marina. Coming back after this, Grand Isle. understand uh, they got some money to do some restoration down there on some of the the banks and the the, the levees and, well, (laughs) everything is needed down there. Daryl Carpenter updates us on what's happening there. He's next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's uh, check in with Captain Darrell and uh, RealScreamers.com. Get the story on Grand Isle this week. Captain Darrell, what's going on? Uh, Don, it's actually been fairly good. Um, man, uh, with that front that we had come in last week, the the absolute story for this is the side of the road. Um, I'm, I mean, everybody that I've talked to that's been fishing the side of the road, all of my neighbors watching the fish cleaning tables and so forth, um, it's just it turned on this week and. It just never stopped. I mean, as much as what uh, yesterday, one of my neighbors came in with during a limit of trout, a handful of flounder, which we don't see a lot anymore, and a handful of redfish. Um, and there's also been some really nice, nice-sized fish being caught off the side of the road. Um, that front came earlier in the week. It, it, you know, stabilized after that. We, we got a few boats out on the water. Some of the guys are starting to venture around, and the reports are starting to come in, just like what we, you and I have been talking since the storm. It looks like we're going to have to take a significant amount of time and actually relearn the launch, uh, relaunch the marsh. Um, you know, I just listened to Mitch, and it's it's amazing what a few miles did. You can go to the east and the, the, a little bit, just a just a few miles, and while there's damage, the damage isn't nearly as bad. Um, let's say you stayed this side of the Barataria waterway and canals, you know, canals that we would normally use this time of the year are now silted in full of flow tone. Um, 
there's some areas where we've got some obstructions in the water that we're having to, you know, to kind of map out and mark. But it's going to take – I mean, I'm Don, I'm talking uh, – one of Captain Frank got out earlier this week, and one of the canals we typically hit this time of the year that's got some six, seven-foot holes in it. That six, seven-foot hole is now – now, of course, it was a lower tide the front. But that six or seven foot deep hole was now silted in. You could you couldn't get down a canal. So there's going to be you know there's going to be some relearning uh, because of the front. We found a lot of muddy water. Um, had a had a boat or two that ventured over toward Golden Meadow. Of course they were they ran into this helicopter thing, but um, they they were able to find some fish up in that Golden Meadow North Leeville area some speckled trout that are still starting to, you know, they're starting to move and move into the canals and into those deeper holes. Uh, Mitch gave a great report. Like I said, you go east a little bit, the damage is less and the fish, the fishing has been a little bit better. They've been holding into their same, their same holes that you normally find them in. But, um, you know, as far as the immediate Baratarian Bay, it's going to take us some time to relearn this and, and start, start moving around and finding where these fish have relocated to. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you know how close Empire is to Lafitte, and you know Lafitte is not that far from Grand Island. It was devastating. A lot of changes in that marsh there. So as you mentioned, you don't have to go very much further, you know, to the east to find some better conditions and unchanged from the storm. But you know, in your area, you're right. It's going to take a learning curve. You know, figure out new patterns, and it'd be like a whole new world fishing over there. Yeah, and, and like for for example, um, you and I have fished Queen Bass, uh, and then just right there by Queen Bass, one of the bigger platforms that you know one of the community fishing spots, Hotel Sid, for example. Uh, the pilings and all are still there for Hotel Sid. Uh, all of the concrete structure down there is now in the water. The concrete structure separated from the pilings, so you know hopefully they'll leave it. It's a well-known area. Shrimpers stay away from it. Hopefully they leave that in the water, but it's going to be a tackle-busting son of a gun for a long time until we learn where, where all the pieces of rebar and all are because it, it, it added structure by putting that concrete in the water, but it added structure. It added toothy structure. So I, I think we're going to have to relearn how to fish that itself. But, you know, I mean, that's all just going to take time. And while – you know, of course, my story, I worked for FEMA for a long time doing the cleanup, and now we're concentrating on rebuilding our place from the from the little bit of damage that we had. So it's going to take some time getting out on the water to be able to talk it intelligently and, and, and figure out where you can and cannot fish, you know, where the obstructions are, where our, where our reefs move to, that type of stuff. But it's going to come by, by, our, by mid-spring. We'll have it all taken care of. I sure hope so. Well, Darrell, thanks for keeping us up to date and uh, getting us got good information and uh, the outlook on what's happening down there for the Grand Isle area. We really appreciate it. All right, uh, hopefully you can stay out of that weather when it comes in and get back out after it uh, passes through. And in the meantime, while you're rebuilding your, your camp, catch a few fish. Oh, I can I can promise you this, Don. The way we stick out, temperatures in the 30 with gale force winds, I'm bugging out for a couple of days. <laughs> Don't blame you. We'll see you next week, Daryl. Thanks again. Bye-bye.
That's Captain Darrell Carpenter. Check him out, realscreamers.com. All right, coming back, we got the Paddlers Report with Eric Mohabarak. Ryan Lambert's been slamming the ducks lately with this uh, front that came through. And we've also got Captain Mike Gallo's Born in the Bayou Report and Bad Boy the Outdoors. Did he really buy that deer? Either way, he's in trouble. Back with that right after the top of the hour break. <laughs> 